the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. I'm on for four minutes after 12. Did you did you just stick your head through the door of my studio before I was ready for you then? Shall I tell you what we were discussing? Should we get? Should we see if Ray's around? Ray rang in on Tuesday to tell us that he was getting married this afternoon when we were talking about internet dating, but that he absolutely would not have scheduled his wedding to clash with Mystery Hour. He's probably a little bit busy trying to do his fancy knot on his tie or something like that, but... um. I think we should. It'd be nice. It's not my idea. It was your idea anyway. 0845 is the number you need. Let me tell you briefly uh, how this works, if you're new to it. You probably are already familiar with... Um, if you catch me giggling for no reason, it's because I've read a question that's probably coming up later and been tickled by it. That's what happened just then. But uh, you're probably familiar with the newspaper columns wherein readers write in to say... Why do we do this? What's that? What's the origin of that? Why do we do this? What's, what, you know, the questions, who, why, where, when, what? What happened, what resulted, wherefores, whences, withers? If you've got a question like that, then ring in with it now, and someone else listening will have the answer. You don't necessarily run out of the blocks immediately. It gets very, very busy for, for one reason. And secondly, listen to a couple, get an idea of what works and what doesn't. The only reason you'll be excluded is if you're dull or repetitious. So if we've dealt with it previously, or the people answering the phones and their decision is final, just think it's boring. If it's to do with roads and driving, it probably will be adjudged boring, nine times out of ten. And you can see an archive at lbc.co.uk. You can see an archive there of all the Mystery Hour questions that we've dealt with in the past, which is actually really, really good fun, regardless of the fact that it's also quite a useful way to establish whether or not the question you want an answer to has been dealt with already. But first, in a break with Mystery Hour tradition, we begin not with a question or with an answer. We begin with a simple greeting to Ray in Kennington, who's getting married this afternoon. Ray, hello. Hello, James. I'm in service at the moment, just picking up my parents. Fantastic. They must be very proud. They are. Have you, yeah. got, have you got your best bib and yeah. tucker on yet? Absolutely, yeah. I look good. Looking the business. Mystery Hour, mystery hour <laughs> yeah. on in the background, driving through Surbiton. It will be as soon as I get in the car, yep. Picking up mum and dad. We just wanted to wish you well, because a lot of people picked up Thank on it. You. I got a load of emails today saying, don't forget that bloke, don't forget Ray. Ray's getting married today. <laughs> don't forget Ray. So so you didn't oh, tell... Nice. It is nice, isn't it? See, people do care. Yeah. You didn't tell us the name of your betrothed. Uh, her name is Yoka. She's Dutch, and it's short for Johanna. There you go. So you could have found it in the last hour with the conversation we were having about name-changing. Ray, I'm going to give you a very special wedding present, OK? Really? I don't know if you've had one before. Never. Contain your excitement. <laughs> this is for you and for Yoka. You have to share it, but mostly it's for you, mate, OK? It's a mystery Thank hour, box-fresh <laughs> mystery hour round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> have, a great, have a great day, Ray. Seriously, mate. Yeah, have, have a cracking time. Thank you time. to all your team as well. No, it's yeah. nice. Nice touch. Nice, nice. Nice, nice. Can I say nice any more times? I'm sounding like a sort of game show host from 1970. I can't do that line anymore. There aren't, there, there, there aren't any safe ones left. Joe's in Morden. Joe, quick. Get Miss Lara up James. and running. Hello, Joe. What have you got? Well, I've been following horse racing for 60 years. Oh, yes. Have you, have, you caught, have you caught them up? Have you can answer for me. Go on, then. Why do owners and trainers, no matter what they're wearing, suits, sports jackets, colour and ties, always wear brown hats? What, like a trilby? Yeah. Are you always sure? Always brown. No matter what else clothes they're wearing, they wear a brown hat. Is it, and is no it, one can answer the question for me. Is it definitely a fact? Uh, absolutely a fact, yeah. 
It's not just a coincidence, or, or no, just... no, they all wear brown hats. So it's a tradition. Mostly the old style, except at Ascot and Goodwood, where they wear top hats. Yes, of course. And Goodwood, they wear Panamas. And there's no, I mean, it's a, it's a tradition. It seems to be, but I don't, you know, don't why. know why. It's unbelievable. I, 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 six years I've been trying to find out. No one can tell me. Have you never thought? Maybe there is no. I mean, 60 years, you've put a lot of pressure on us, Joe. You know, <laughs> Mystery Hour's got a sparkling track record of producing the goods, but you failed for 60 years. I failed for 60 years, and I've been to nearly every race course in the South, and, and Ireland, of course. Of course. All right, you're on. I'll put it on the list, but I'm going to feel bad if we don't get you an answer to this. Okay. Joe, <laughs> do your best, Joe. I, I always do for you, Joe. Oh. Let, let's see what we can do. Why do all racehorse trainers and owners wear brown hats? I, I, do they? Well, Joe says yes, so we just take Joe's word as gospel. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Remember, if you struggle to get through, wait till I say goodbye to someone like Joe and dive in and grab their phone line as quickly as you can. Terry's in Chilton. Terry, question or uh, answer? It's a question, please, James. Go on, then. Why haven't we ever domesticated zebras the same way we've done with horses and ponies and donkeys? It's quite a good question. Yeah. We never see a, a zebra pulling a cart or... Well, you don't see an horse pulling a cart nowadays, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean, yes. It's, it's, you why, do know what I mean. Why was the zebra never... I mean, if you, maybe it's wild. Well, so were horses at one point. Yeah, but, but they were, they were tameable. Maybe your zebra is harder to tame than your horse or your donkey. Well... I mean, I've never tamed either, so I wouldn't know, but that's why I'm ringing you up. Yes, fair enough. So we need, what do we need? Someone, I don't know, who would know? Why have we never domesticated the a zebra? A zebra tamer. A zebra tamer. Well, th yeah, but except there won't be any zebra tamers, because we've never domesticated a zebra, which is the point of your original question in the first place, Terry. That's why I'm ringing you up. Why have we never domesticated the zebra? I love yeah. that. That's a lovely, lovely question. Horses, right, thank you. Go, you're, you're on. Horses, donkeys, asses, mules, all domesticated, all enslaved by humankind but the zebra the zebra remains sacrosanct remains free parading the savannas <laughs> in their droves or something carl's in windsor carl question or answer afternoon james it's a uh, it's a question yes um basically i drive around um country lanes i drive around the country all the time and you see old houses and my question is what are the x's and the s's made of metal on the side of those buildings for and they've got a bolt in the middle of them. Well, that's probably the answer to your question, isn't it? But it's just on a wall. It doesn't go... It, if it was... Because that's what I thought. It might be something to do with structure. But then it would have to go all the way through the house to the other side if it was to hold it up. No, only the bolt would. Yeah, that's what I mean. But in, it wouldn't no, the bolt would go through. The it. bolt would go through the wall into the wood inside, and then it'd be at the other end as well. So it sort of makes the wooden bit that... You see? No. No. <laughs> not, even a, not, not even a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. I do get a little bit, yeah. But um, but then, if um, if you've got the wood on the inside, you wouldn't need to hold the outside to the to the wood because it's already standing up. Yeah, but it's belts and braces. It's, it's better safe than sorry, isn't it? No. Mm. I'm not going anywhere with this, am I? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just the question. I've just seen loads of them. And sometimes they're not even, like, in a row or whatever. They're just all over the place, like higgledy-piggledy. You're on, yeah. So you you mean the the, the metal brackets, a, a X yeah, or like S shaped brackets, or X shape? Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't be amazed if we'd done this before. It just started ringing a bell then, but it doesn't. There's no. You're on now, so you, it's on the board. But I just wonder if it's on the LBC archive. I might have a look myself afterwards. Um, Carl, thank you. So what have we got? Why do race... Hey, look, there's two horse-based questions. Did anyone else notice that? Why do horse race owners and trainers always wear brown hats? Joe 
is adamant that they do, so please don't ring in to tell me it's not true. Zebras. Why have we never domesticated the zebra, given that the horse and the donkey have played such crucial roles in <sighs> human civilization? And what are the metal X's and S's on the side of buildings? What's that, what's that all about? Where are we going next? Stan, Stan, no, it's Stan, isn't it, in Victoria? Stan, are you next? That's right. Stan, are you next, Stan? Okay. What? I'll certainly end. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, Stan. Well, question or answer? Question, please, old boy. Yes. Um, you said it the other day, and it's only the first time it ever dawned on me. When two people get on, you say they get on like a house on fire. Yeah, you do. And that's quite a contradiction in terms, because <laughs> an house on fire is not particularly good, is it? No, well, generally it's not, like saying, no. It's like saying you get on like a plane crash, or you get on like a boat sinking. So why, is, why where did that come from, that it's a good thing to get on like a house on fire? Is it, is it, is it, it's the... Scare is the speed, isn't it? It's like you get on like a house on fire. They're really flipping getting on. It's more Wait, of... so you get on like a plane crash. You... Yeah, <laughs> that comes no. down pretty fast I as well. No, you're true. You get on like a house on fire. I don't know. You're right. It's one of those phrases that you, once you actually stop to think about it, it doesn't make. I'd never stopped to think about it before. So what do we want? Just the origin of the phrase? Yeah, well, why is it a, a compliment? Why is it so? Why, is it why a good do you thing? think getting on like a house on fire is, is, is something good? Ah, but don't forget that if, if I'm sure, as you you know, as you listen to the programme every day, Stan, I'm sure you often find yourself thinking, oh, James is on fire today. Yeah, well... You could have come in a bit quicker. I've never really, I've, Not, I've never really thought that. What? <laughs> I've never really thought. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> you, must, you must have done. You must have done once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. What? Um, but you know, getting on like a house on fire just doesn't doesn't. No, but you would say okay. You might say well, someone might someone might say oh stands on fire. You do some of your best gags, and someone might say stands on fire today. It's a similar it's sort smoking. of smoking. Smoking. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking. So Stan is smoking today. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, uh, thanks for that stan anyway mate so that was like an exercise in ego management that let's get him an answer house on fire I, there's probably something in that part of the answer might be that flames you say he's on fire he's smoking hot peter is in chingford peter question or answer uh question please james good afternoon hello mate can I just quickly say commiserations to Ray today? So. Oh, don't be <laughs> such an old misery, guy. I'm not having that. Do you know, I might actually no. red card you for that, you cheeky... <laughs> Go on, carry on. No, the best of luck to him and his lady-to-be. So, exactly. Uh, you've got a beautiful day for it. They have. Um, just quickly, James, yes. what the flipping heck is oh, singing nettles all about? <laughs> oh, I had my finger poised over the dump button there, Peter. I wasn't quite... <laughs> well, think about it. Don't mind. Oh. I know your standards, mate. Don't worry. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Imagine you were a, imagine you were a plant. Yeah. Are you, are you are you there? Are you with me? You're a, you're a plant. Yeah, I'm blowing about in the wind, mate. Right. What are you most frightened of? Um, getting weed on. All right. My what, dog. What, yeah. No. That's what. What about the second thing? That you're, <laughs> after being weed, suppose getting eaten. I'd imagine. Well, there you go. Purely for that, that reason only. Well, it will be it will be evolution. So at some point, the plant, the root plant of the stinging nettle, didn't have a sting, and then a plant was what, what's the phrase? A plant was why, born. Why, why haven't why hasn't grass evolved into? Because it just hasn't. They haven't had that. It hasn't had that. Um, 
What's the word? What's the word in Darwin? What's the word for the thing that changes, the anomaly? What's it called? The, the variation, you know, the, the, the little thing that changes and then gets replicated because it's better for the survival of the species. Grass just hasn't had it at no point in the... Or if it has, it didn't prove to be useful to grass not to be eaten. It proved to be useful to stinging nettles. It, it meant you were more likely to, to replicate your genes as a plant, Peter, if you had a stinger than if you didn't. It may well be that... I mean, grass needs to be eaten. So it may well be that grass doesn't actually perform better if it's not eaten, but stinging nettles do. Right. What's okay. that word? It's driving me potty now. The word in Darwin, for the thing that changes from one generation to the next, the small incremental... Do you know, I tell you what, I don't know where you are at the moment, Peter, but if you've got more blank faces staring at you than I have, <laughs> you're probably at a cabinet meeting. <laughs> It'll come to me, probably at four minutes after one. I'm taking a round of applause for that, Peter. Is that all right with you? Yes, mate. Thank you very much. No, thank you. We always enjoy. Oh, yes. 16 after 12. 22 minutes after 12, you're listening to LBC 97.3. Is that another gremlin in the machine? Is it, is that, is it meant to sound like it sounded a bit sudden there? Is it, no? Apparently that's correct. That's not a question for Mystery Hour. These are, though. Why do all racehorse trainers and owners wear brown hats? I hate to tell you, Joe, a lot of people are disputing your certainty on this, claiming that Paul Nichols sometimes wears a blue one. Uh, zebras, why have we never domesticated them? Or if we have, why don't you see more of them? The metal brackets on the side of houses, I think I got that right. The X or the S's, but if you got qualifications and can answer it then do so and um, how can how did getting on like a house on fire become a good thing most of us would recognize that a house on fire is a bad thing i quite like that question i did the stinging nettles the word i couldn't think of which i'm slightly embarrassed to tell you that about 300 people have now texted me the mutation it's a mutation that's why a stinging nettle has a sting at some point in the history of that plant it would have developed a sting as a mutation and that mutation made it a better prospect in terms of reproduction so ergo the stinging nettle flourished if i'm having a conversation about charles darwin and natural selection and i say i can't remember the word i can't remember the word i can't remember the word i'm grateful for your help but if that word that I couldn't remember during a conversation about Charles Darwin and natural selection had actually been evolution, as a lot of you have suggested in their text of 84850, I, I would be extremely worried about my mental faculties. Mutation was the... So every, 90% of the text went for mutation. Those of you who went for evolution, well, you must have a very low opinion of my uh, cognitive skills. I'll I tell you what also occurred to me. If, if we stay together for a, for a few years more yet... If we uh, have our daily exchanges, you're probably going to notice that happening more and more, aren't you? Because I'm 41 now. That's the first time I can remember recently having completely lost a word. What's that word? What is it? What is it? And then you've reminded me. Come back in 2020, wherever I'm plying my trade, and it will probably be happening on an hourly basis. You're listening to, um, oh, uh, James O'Brien on, uh, mm, what, what is it again? So thank you, anyway, for the mutations. Ian's in Guildford. Back to Mystery Hour. Question or answer, Ian? Uh, it's a question, James. I'm in Watford now. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Are you no, suggesting right. that I waffled on for quite a long time during that introduction? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Go on. It's a pleasure listening. Likewise. Right. Now, uh, don't shoot me down, please. I won't. This came up here in conversation uh, with me and my friend who was discussing winter attire for shooting. Of course. Now, uh, moleskin trousers... Mm. Lots of fabrics come from, you know, come from uh, uh, animals. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Moleskin trousers. 
At one time, why are they called moleskin trousers, basically? Because you need time, a lot of moles to make a pair of trousers out of moleskin. That's your point. Yeah, exactly. I know, so they might sound silly, but no, you know, at one time, were they made out of moles? Trousers. Yeah, moleskin trousers specifically, well, obviously, obviously, not jeans. No. But at one time, were moleskin trousers made out of moles? Well, there's two questions here. That's the first one, because if the answer to that yeah. is no... Then you've got another question, which the yeah, answer... Why? The, well, that's probably just because it feels like moleskin, doesn't it? It's got that... That's what I thought. Yeah. But, but, then, but then, you know, at, at one time... So uh, that would be a, a relatively recent discovery then, wouldn't it? But I think moleskin trousers have been around a long time. Have they? I think so. Well, uh, yeah, well and of course, I mean, going back in the day, someone making their living off the land, you, I mean, you'd think they'd go for something a bit bigger. If they were, you can Horse skin well, trousers. leather trousers, but they were all used for the... Uh, what's Ironmongers, weren't they? People I like that. thought you were going to say Soho Sex Dungeons. <laughs> I'm not sure where you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, origin of the phrase moleskin trousers yeah, is either moles or something else. I like that question a lot. Yeah. I also quite oh, like moleskin trousers. You might know. I, well, I, well, from my menswear days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I never. We never got around to that. I, I, I like moleskin trousers. I think they're I quite. Do. They're quite classy. I didn't know that they were sort of country wear as well as as just fashion. Well, yeah, I'll be honest with you, I think they're more country wear than fashion, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's a matter of opinion, Ian. <laughs> it's 27 minutes after 12. Why do we say moleskin trousers? Were there ever any, were there ever any moles involved? Um, you know, I, I, you know I love this job. But honestly, conversation about stinging nettles leads at least one texter to challenge Darwin's theory of evolution on creationist grounds. <sighs> Barry's in Barnhurst. Hello, Barry. Hello, James. Question or answer? It's an answer to the X's and S's on the outside of walls. Yes. Um, you were getting there eventually. Yes. But they are—they don't fix to the supports inside. They actually are like a long bolt that goes right the way through the house. And what you do is you tighten it up, heat up the middle so it expands and keep tightening it. And then it pulls the two outer walls back inwards when they're starting to sag. Which would happen. In time, with with wood yeah. being part yeah. of the of the structure, yeah, that's right. Qualifications? And, uh, I work at a historic house, and we have had something very similar to that, but you can't see it nowadays. It's it's done in a a more technical manner. It's um it's it's got something to do as well with the facade not being joined to the floor joists, so that the yes. si- the side walls are, for, or not freestanding, but they're only held in place by the floor. And, and, right, and as the yeah, floor moves, so the walls would move, but the bolts make sure they don't. What are they called? Do we know? Oh, I couldn't tell you that. That doesn't matter. I mean, you've earned a round of applause. What historic house do you work at? I work at uh, Hall Place in Bexley. Is that worth a visit? Oh, I would say definitely. Is it? I have a seven-year-old in the back of the car. She's got a right thing going on for historic houses at the moment. Yeah, it's, we've got a, a really nice um, room, which is where children can learn through play. Yeah. And... Uh, Excellent. The grounds are absolutely excellent at the moment. All right. I, I might see you this weekend, then. All right. <laughs> I'll let <laughs> you... Forward I'll, to it. Alert the horses. Barry, this is for you. Thank you. And, uh... The news is on the way, which means I just need to quickly remind you of the phone number, 0845 We haven't done... We've done that now. We've done the stinging nettle, and we've done the joists, the metal brackets on the side of houses. I kind of deserved a round of applause for that, but I don't want to seem greedy, so I'll let Barry keep it. Uh, origins of the phrase house on fire, how can it be a good thing? It's probably just the speed with which you're getting on. So a house 
on fire burn so quickly two people getting on like a house on fire move from strangers to uh, great friends very very quickly i don't know how we're going to prove that though why do we not domesticate zebras and why do racehorse trainers all wear brown hats looking dodgy uh, and <laughs> 29 minutes after 12 the bloke who texted in to say oh yes prove darwin because i'm a creationist has texted again to say ah oh, well there's two of us now i said no mate it was you the first time there's only you it's 12 30 The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 31 minutes after 12. They're called tie bars, apparently. Those things on the side of the house. Um, I... I'm enjoying this, but I, I don't know if we're going to get an answer to the first question on Mystery Hour this week. Why do racehorse trainers and owners wear brown hats? Why have we never domesticated zebras? Why do we say you're getting on like a house on fire and moleskin trousers? Did they ever involve moles? If not, why are they called moleskin? Probably because they feel like moleskin. But still, the mole question stands. Pat's in God Orman. Question or answer, Pat? It's an answer, James. Good man. And it's connected to your seeing nettles. It's the evolution for the zebras, why we don't domesticate them uh the reason why we don't is that their bone structure means that they can't run in straight lines which um allows them to survive attacks from other animals is that because they can only move in curves and that doesn't work for us as an animal when we need them to are you serious things yeah absolutely serious what an um, absolutely brilliant answer mm, it's, it's pure evolution and the other side is that they Again, they're relatively small creatures, so they wouldn't be able to pull heavy weights as well, so that's No, but we, I mean, again, you, you could still use them for something, like a pony, couldn't you? You could use them for something. You, well, you could, right, they would be used, and I'm sure that some of the really poor farmers out in Africa would have some use for them somewhere, but they yeah. are just of no major use as a domesticated animal. Because they're not very good at moving in straight lines? They can't move in straight lines. Not, not very good, they can't. They, they actually can't move in a straight line. So if they need yeah. to get from A to B, they, they go via C, D, E and F? Yeah, that's the way that they work. That's the way that their bones operate. What are your qualifications, Pat? The qualifications is a children's film called Racing Stripes, where they... Uh, oh, I'll be honest with you, there was something about your manner and delivery that led me to believe you were going to reveal a PhD in zoology or something of that. No, so it was a children's did, film I, called Racing Stripes. Racing Stripes where they had a zebra win the Kentucky it's the making of it afterwards. And I have studied anatomy and physiology as well. I thought you might have done I thought you might have done it. So how did the how did the I know that films stretch the bounds of credulity a little and plausibility, but how did the zebra win the derby if it couldn't run in a straight line? Well that was the point they made out that it could but ah, right. Actually, and then in the making of the zebras. film it said this could never happen in real life because zebras can't run in straight lines. Yeah. That's, you know, that is one of my favourite Mystery Hour questions. The problem when you really like a question is that often it doesn't admit of an answer. You know when it's sort of knocking at the door of surrealism or it's just almost too good to be true? That's beautiful. That's a brilliant answer to a brilliant question. Thank you, James. No, thank you, Pat. This is for you. <laughs> oh, get in. Jill's in Beckenham. Jill, question or answer? An answer. Marvellous. Uh, to the house on fire. Yes. Um, you're absolutely right. It means that something goes very quickly because in the olden days, houses were built of wood with thatched roofs. Thatched roofs. And, That's and what I was missing, isn't it? Of course, they'd go up yeah. like a, I don't know, a bonfire. That's right. That's right. That's brilliant. Qualifications? 
Uh, I'm old with lots of common sense and experience. Dash, well, I, I, I'll take your word for the latter. I shall dismiss out of hand the former claim. Jill, it's earned you this. So it is that's just the speed. You say you're getting on like a house on fire, meaning that they've moved through the stage. That's my third one. Is it really? No yeah, one, my no, third round of applause. No one, likes a show, no one likes a show off, Jill. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think you're in pretty good company, though, so I wouldn't worry. You're never going to be the biggest show off on the show. Uh, that's lovely. I, of course it is. The speed with which you move through the stages of, of acquaintance or friendship is so fast that it's like a house burning, which dates back to the days when houses would burn. I mean, they burn quickly now, but when they were made of wood and thatch, they would have burned infinitely faster. Jill, thank you so much. Third, three out of three. That's a hat trick. Brian's in Cater. And Brian, question or answer? A question, James. Yeah, go on. Nice to speak to you. Um, I've just, uh, I've just, luckily enough, become a grandfather this week. Congratulations. And, uh, you sound very young to be a grandfather, Brian. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. Oh. Um, the question was, when, when a baby is in a womb, there's going to be long periods of time when it's going to be upside down. Yeah. So, if we stand upside down, we can't survive for very long, I wouldn't have thought. So how does a baby survive when it's in a womb and it's upside down? Because it's not a baby until it's born. <laughs> Seriously, you need the way to answer this question. I don't. Again, you know, we've had a conversation about yeah. stinging nettles and we've ended up getting abuse from creationists. I don't want this to turn into a conversation about when life begins and when it doesn't or any of the attendant political issues. But if you think of the, the, the baby in the womb as just an organ in the woman's mm -hmm. body, then the very concept of being upside down and not upside down disappears, right? Because it's not it's breathing. Not. It's, it's, it's not got its own blood pumping through its body. It's part of the mum. So if the mum was upside down, oddly the baby might have a problem. But the mm. baby being whatever way round it is doesn't matter any more than whether your kidney's upright or on, on its side would matter. Qualifications? Um, your qualifications? Qualification. I'm very old and I've got a lot of common sense. That's what the, the, the lovely you know, lady before just said. You're not as old as me. No, but come on. I mean, that's got to be no. right. Yeah, I don't. I possibly so. Well, you, so. I don't know. I can't have a round of applause unless it's, it's unalloyed agreement that this is correct. Well, it's your show, so you're right. Well, it's got to be right. There's no. I'm taking it. I'm taking. Yeah. Brian, congratulations. Is it a little grandson or a little granddaughter? It's a little granddaughter. Her name's Edie. Oh, mate. I listen to you. Your you, voice went all funny you then. James, you wait. You wait till it's your time. Yeah, not for a while, I hope. Brian. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, cool. A couple of phone lines free, actually. That's odd. So there's still time, actually, if you want to get a question on. 0845 is the number to call. Don't hang about. Um, and I don't know, is this funny or not? observation that the irony here is that a zebra would be unable to cross a zebra crossing. That is quite funny, actually, given that we now know why zebras have never been domesticated. They could be, but they can't be, because they can't go in straight lines. They've evolved to move on a sixpence, to turn on an axis in order to evade predators. Evolution playing quite a role in today's programme. Um, 0845 Remember, I only say the number if you've got a chance of getting through. Where are we going next? Is it Tim in Kennington? It is, isn't it? I think Tim. Tim's in Kennington. Tim, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Good man. To the mole skin question. Mole skin, yes. All I can say is when I when I was a kid, my granddad used to tell me a story about his brother. He used to be employed by the gentry farmers as a mole catcher. Really? And he used to have really acute hearing, apparently. And what he used to do was, as the you know, you know, you get your mole hills running yeah. a line. Yeah. He would have a big old pair of boots on, and he'd 
hill down the run in between two molehills, and then he'd wait for the mole to come along. Yeah. And then when he heard the mole digging its way through the bit he just healed down, he would take a big run up and kick him out of the ground. Fair and enough. my granddad used to tell me the story. He used to say, stand there next to him. And then his brother Arthur would go, here's one. And my granddad said, I could never hear it. He'd take a big run up and kick it out of the ground. And then he used to kill them, obviously, skin yeah. them, take them to the gentry farmer to give to him so that he could pay him for the mole that he's caught. And per then he'd per corpse. That. You get paid per corpse by the by the farmer, by the gentry. Yeah, and he'd use the moles to feed his dogs or whatever. Yeah. And then he used to send the pelts off to London to the uh, tailors, etc. Or used, obviously, somebody to yeah. sell them for him and uh, get the money for the pelts as well. So he used to get double bubble. <laughs> Oh, that's such a lovely answer. A little bit of history there as well. It was a, but so they would use them to make clothes. So moleskin originally yeah, would have been made like of moles. Collars on jackets as well and things like that. Yes, of course they did. Yeah, it must be a particularly um, durable cloth, mustn't it? It must must be. I would imagine so. I should imagine it's pretty waterproof as well. And yeah. the thinness of it being its real selling point because it's thin but really durable, which makes perfect sense for the original question. It was Ian, I think. Um, mentioning it in the context of country sports, because that's what you want when you're out and about shooting things. Exactly, yeah. And it's obviously got a nice velvety feel to it. It really well. does have a nice velvety feel to it. Oh, that's a lovely answer. Whereabouts was that happening? What, what part of the world did they grow up in? Be, he lived in an old miles away in the middle of nowhere in rugby, somewhere outside rugby. Staffordshire, then. Um, we went up there a few years back when he was about 80. Oh, lovely. And he was knocking on the doors of the old cottages where he used to live. And one guy opened the door, and he must have been about 78. And No, but he must have been about 82. And he sort of... My, my granddad looked at him, and he said... He, that's right, he must be slightly younger than my granddad, that's right. And he, yeah. and he opened the door, and my granddad looked at him, and he said... You're not young Albert, are you? <laughs> he, remem- he remembered him from when he was a kid. He was young Albert. Same cottage. Oh, that's gorgeous. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's absolutely brilliant. I feel as if I should give you more than a mere round of applause, but we all... Oh, man, a round of applause would be brilliant, mate. Right? Exactly. This is for you, Tim, although I guess part of it belongs to your granddad. Exactly. Nice one. Thank that, you very much. Thank you. What a lovely answer. Absolutely fascinating. Just to clarify, uh, for any children listening, do not go around kicking moles out of molehills. That sort of thing is frowned upon in this day and age. And don't text me about badgers either. <laughs> Hannah is in Gravesend. Hannah, question or answer? Uh, a question. Yes. Uh, hi, James. You Hello. all right? Yeah, I mustn't grumble. How are you? I'm OK, thank oh, excellent. you. Excellent. Um, this is a question from myself and my friend Hayley. Okay. Why do Hayley and Hannah from Yeah, Hayley and Hannah. <laughs> why do people from North Kent call woodlouse cheesy bugs? I, well, I have to take your word for it that they do. Is that your neck of no, the No, honestly. No, I do. As, I believe as, cheesy bugs. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm from Gravesend, and it's a question I've always asked. I'm like, why do we call them cheesy bugs when the entire rest of the country? Call them wood lice. Cheesy Louse, sorry. Lice. Well, it's louse is the singular, isn't it? Lice, yeah. lice is the plural. <laughs> wood, wood, cheesy bug, wood louse. Cheesy bugs, wood lice. Oh, I, I, again, as with the question about the, the hats on the racehorse owners, I'll take your word for it. I've got no reason not to. So we want to know why. Cheesy. Cheesy bugs. Yes, and where does cheese come into it? I have no idea. They don't look like cheese. They don't, sm- they don't smell of cheese. Are they attracted to cheese? <laughs> I, I do not know. Well, they like wood, don't they? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little wary of uh, of your part of the world. Oh, one, why? Well, uh, not only in the context of the radio. Oh. One of my... F- oh, no, don't worry, it's fine. No, 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 <laughs> no, I mean the words. One Because the North Kent hunt 
caused huge amounts of trouble for one of my fellow radio presenters not too long ago. And that I, believe the, oh. I believe the clips are still available on, on various internet websites. So I, I mentioned that. I think the, uh, the health secretary has a similar effect on some broadcasters, doesn't he? I think we need to say no more. Let's get Hannah and Haley an answer to that question. Why are they called cheesy bugs in that part of that county? Jill's in Harlow. Jill. Question or answer? Hi. Hello, Jill. Hi, yes, Hello. it's a question, please. Yes. It's about sea tides. Oh, yes. And I just want you to imagine that you're perhaps on a beach in North Wales. Hang on. And so, uh, hang, hang on, hang on. Yes. I've, got, I've got to imagine that now. Okay, imagine you're on the beach in North Wales and the sea is just going out. So uh, on the other side, roughly, you've got America. Mm. And I want to know, is it going in on their side because it's going out on our side? Uh, and if it isn't, where does it go? Is <laughs> that boring? Oh, get me an ice cream, will you? Look. What? What? Who said that? What was that? I'm what? sorry if it's a really boring question. Well, I know. Well, well, no. I, I, oh, I was just—I was just on a beach and all. I was having this wonderful dream. I do—I I do it. I must have nodded off, Jill. So where does it go? Where, what you the, know, the where sea? Where does it go? It could be France and England, if you like. But if it's going out in France, is it coming in in England? And if it isn't, where did it? Where did it go? So it's, I think we've done we've done something similar to this. So the tide, you want the equal and opposite force, don't you? Yeah, so the tide is coming in here. Does it mean it's going out on another side of the same body of water? Yeah. So say it's the Atlantic. So you know. You're no, in, I know. Don't I, you know. I get it. I get it. I, I, you know, is it? Is no, it, I know. I get it. I know. Hmm. Yeah. That's my question. You sort of think it must do. Well, I really don't know, because no, no, no. I have discussed this with my brother, who says not, but don't ask me how to explain his explanation. No, but I think he might be right. It's intuitively it should, but I've just got a sneaking suspicion that actually, in, in actuality, it doesn't. Mm. Even if you take a shorter sea, maybe France, England, you know, yeah. it's only like 20 miles, isn't it? So maybe it does there, maybe not on a bigger sea. Let's find out. Abu Dhabi, I was, uh, that's where I was then. Is, right. that, is that in North Wales? I think so. I think I was in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I, I, I ended up in Abu Dhabi of all places. <laughs> anyway, I hope it was nice. It was. It was lovely. I, I wish you'd left me there. It's twelve forty-five. <laughs> Jay Louise. It's twelve forty-nine. This is LBC ninety-seven point three. Why do they call woodlice cheesy bugs in North Kent? The uh, we've done that quite a lot actually. All we've got left is the. Um, What's it? Brown hats. Why do racehorse trainers wear brown hats? We could do with a couple more questions. Let's take one from Darren in Bexley first. Darren, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Yes, go on. I've uh, a rugby game with my girlfriend, mm. and we discovered that we have names for each of our fingers, so ring finger, middle finger, etc. Yeah. But in, not in for our toes. We only have a big and a little toe. So I'm just wondering why, or if there are actually names for your toes. Well, there'll be a medical name for them, I imagine, actually. I'd imagine there would, but we but don't. that's not what you mean. Well, uh, look, mate, come on. <laughs> I mean, how often <laughs> do you use your really toes for yet. anything? You don't wear a... If you wore a ring on your toe, you could call it your ring toe. No one would stop you. But no, no, I'd, I'd like that. It'd be a, it'd but be you don't... Good. You don't. Um, I knew a girl who wore a ring on her toe once. That's probably a conversation <laughs> for a different day. The, um... Yeah. The... the the, 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 it's just about use. It's, you use your fingers a lot, so they've got names. They use them for different things, so they've all got names. You don't use your toes for anything. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's just—it's uh, one of those questions that I thought you may be able to come up with. An yeah, but there's no answer to it. You just make it's a bit <laughs> like saying, "Why don't we have a name for all of our individual hairs?" Well, that—that that would be—that uh, would be interesting. To be Lefty honest. and right. Um, but 
Yeah, it's one of those things that we were... Um, I like it. No, I, I, clearly, um, a few ales had been taken at this rugby yeah, game. Absolutely. Yeah, by this point in proceedings. <laughs> Why haven't we, hey, man? Why haven't we got names for our toes? Sometimes when I mock a question, it comes back to bite me on the backside and turns out to have been <laughs> a much, much better one than I realised. So I shall reserve the right to, to, to review my position if someone rings in with an answer. But I think you just don't use your toes for anything, so they don't need names. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. But um, you know how women can be sometimes. I don't know what you mean. I do not know what you mean. Do you mean sort of insisting, for example, that you change... Insisting on an answer. No, insisting that you change your broadband over to a new company like, say, Talk Talk, and then you as the man say, please don't change. We've got good broadband. Please don't change it. So you change it to Talk Talk, and then it doesn't work for a fortnight, and you don't even have a phone line, and you can't order films off Sky because that phone line's gone down as well. Do you mean like that, Darren? I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Same company, exactly how you feel. And how do you win? How do I win now with Mrs. O'Brien? So I'm right, and she shouldn't have done it, but I can't win. I've lost on both fronts. I lost the argument and I lost the internet. I'd, I'd, just, uh, I'd accept that you've lost, yeah. essentially. And yet and I also you... won at the same time. How can that be? <laughs> I was no, right. I, I take the moral victory. Yeah, That's what I do. moral victories. That's all we ever get, isn't it? It's 12.51. David, David Brent? David in Brent. David is in Brent. David, question or answer? Uh, well, two answers, I guess. Just the one you've cleared with the producer, please. Okay. Well, the, the, the other answer relates to the toes, but... Um... You were talking, you know, I think it was a call called Brian, about a fetus in the, and problems being upside down. Yes. The fetus heart does pump blood around the fetus and around half the placenta, so the position of the baby would have an effect on that, the same as if you were flying in a jet. Not with. force type thing. Really? But if you think about it, when you're, if, you, if you're a fast jet fighter pilot, you wear a, a G-suit, which pumps fluid up or down, depending what, where the G-forces are. Like amniotic fluid. And the amniotic fluid acts in exactly the same way. So if the baby's head is dependent or is lower than the body, the pressure in the amniotic fluid in the lower part of the uterus is higher, so that supports the head. And the same thing happens as the baby moves around. It supports other bits of the body. So although the fetus isn't breathing, isn't using its lungs, for example, the fetal circulation is working, and it is supported by the amniotic fluid. See, obviously, you are a medical professional of some description. Uh, yeah, a doctor, I've got a degree in anatomy. Because I thought that's what I said, and clearly you heard something horribly uh -huh. wrong. I heard something different then. <laughs> but you, I, I, I think you were right. I was just trying to explain it in layman's terms by suggesting that you needed to think of it as a, as a sort of independent organ rather than as an actual baby. But of course... You did, you did make a comment about the mother being important, and in fact, the mother is very important. And for example, if a, mother, a pregnant mother gets injured, uh, badly injured, it's all about supporting the mother and treating the mother, and that supports the fetus. So overall, the fetus is, is terribly dependent on the, the mother and the, how well the mother is. Uh, and I, I think you've provided such a calm and brilliant answer. I, I want to know what you we're going to say about toes now, actually. Well, to you're, you're absolutely right. Oh, toes... good. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> um, th okay. There's a, a, little, a little extra bit, though. Toes don't really have much of a function, except for the, the, the great toe and the little toe. But if you start calling toes by second, third, and fourth, it's very easy to mix them up. Yes. For example, if you're going to chop off a toe go chop off the wrong one. Yes. There isn't a, a typical classification like ring finger, index finger, etc. But I do remember reading a paper, a slightly jokey paper, where somebody said there should be a nomenclature for toes based on uh, the market toe, the home toe, the roast beef toe, etc. from yes. the nursery rhyme. But then you have to have the wee 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 Oh no, you that's the, the home well, you toe. have the wee 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 toe. That's, that's lovely. Oh David, a round of applause. Thank you. No, thank you very much. It's uh, coming up to five to one, mixing slough. Mick, what have you got? Question or answer?
uh, got an answer, James. Come on, um, man. It's uh, regarding the cheesy bug. Um, right, just to clarify, it's not confined to North Kent. I'm receiving a lot of interference here, a lot of uh, information. Apparently it's quite common in Surrey as well, and my favourite text was from the fellow who said he thought his mum was the only person on the planet who called wood lice. Cheesy right, bugs, I, but uh, but, I, the, but we recognise in parts of, of, of Kent and possibly um, Surrey as well, cheesy bug is a name for a woodlice. Why? Right, OK. Um, back in my youth, um, basically, we used to um, do dares by eating certain insects, and when you do crunch uh, a woodlouse, <laughs> it does taste of strong stilton. Get out um, of so town. It, honestly, honestly, I, I know it sounds vile, but that's... Um, I think that's where he got his name from. So you've... They, had you ever heard this name before? No. So no, you're listening to the radio, and yes. someone comes on to ask why woodlice are referred to as cheesy bugs, yes. and you immediately remember eating a woodlouse when you were young and how cheesy it tasted. Yes, absolutely. It just it just hit me straight away. I can tell you what uh, a daddy longlegs tastes like as well. Yeah, go, go on. <laughs> Uh, not very nice. They make, they make you ill. But I quite like Stilton, so I'm never going to eat a woodlouse, but would you, would, would you, was it a pleasurable taste? Um, with a, with a few vodkas, yes. A yes. cheesy bug. And yes, that's, that yes. must be why, from t- days of, of famine and, and poverty, when people would eat a woodlouse. Because I've eaten crickets in, in, uh... Yeah. Where did I eat crickets? Mexico. I had crickets in Mexico. Like, you know, bugs, grasshoppers. Right. So that's peasant food in Mexico. Why wouldn't a woodlouse have been peasant food in Kent at some point? Mm. You don't sound as if you're coming with me on this journey. <laughs> I wouldn't eat a cricket. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do, I wouldn't do it again. It was just a drunken. Oh, they, prank. they dip them in. They, they dip them in chocolate. They're gorgeous. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was quite a posh restaurant as well. It was, it was one of those things where what had been peasant cuisine had then become fashionable and authenticated. And if you went to a posh restaurant, you got a bowl of crickets. Uh, Either that, Mick, or they saw me coming. (laughs) Indeed, James. It's earned you this, my friend, and and my goodness me. Who'd have thought, back in the day when you were eating insects, that it would ever come in so useful as an adult? Jeez. And even if that's wrong, I'm leaving it up as right. It's too good to resist. It's too good to disprove. Some fibs should be true, and I don't think that is a fib. Why? I mean, how could it be a fib? Paul's in Hammersmith. Paul, question or answer? Answer. Go on, then. About the tides. Yes, um, your lady seemed to suggest that it was like water sloshing around in a washing up bowl, moving yes. back. And yeah, and, and if it goes over the left hand side, it must be going down on the right hand side. Yeah, that's not how it happens. Um, no. the, the tides are caused by uh, the gravitational pull, or predominantly the gravitational pull of the moon. So you have to imagine it more like all the water being pinched up away from the surface of the Earth. So it actually goes out on both sides at the same time, depending on where the moon is. So your lady's experience, if the moon was directly above the middle of the Atlantic, she could be lying on a beach in North Wales, and then your man could be lying on a beach in New York, and they would both be experiencing a low tide. Because it's, you need to think of it as a, as a almost a magnetic oh. pull upwards rather than a lateral exactly, pull yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then depending on where the, where the moon is, and obviously the sun has some effect as well, which can cause leap tides, and I forget what the other one's called, yeah. Extremely high and extremely low tide yeah. combinations of these qualifications, that, uh, Paul. What are your qualifications? Uh, I think we did it at school. 
Yeah, that's, that's good enough, isn't it? I mean, I, I, you weren't doing anything useful at school, like eating wood lice, but still, the information clearly got filed away and it's been pulled out to all of our benefit on another day. Uh, it's coming up to 12.59. This Oh, Paul, round of applause. Paul, quick. Oh, man, I thought that was the one Thank you very much. Oh, dear, that was close. We nearly nearly crossed over the line. And it's another one of those days. I can't believe it's one o'clock already. I, I feel as if I've only just sat down. Luckily for you, Julia Harley Brewer is poised to take over imminently. We shall do it all again, I hope, with you as well. Tomorrow morning from 10. This is LBC 97.3. It's 12.59.